hi so it's memorial day and so i always feel like doing one of these on the last day before i go back to work after the weekend um like i did like literally nothing this entire weekend pretty much like i i um what did i even do I, like, got food, some food delivered to me, like, did shift delivery yesterday, and then, um, or no, on Friday, I think, one of those days, I don't remember anymore, and then, um, today I got, like, some more things from Target and bought a couple more shirts since I, uh, didn't leave the house to do laundry. Uh, or I didn't leave the house to get quarters so that I can do laundry. So this is what I do when I, instead of leaving the house to um, go somewhere that has an ATM to try to get cash so that I can then try to find somewhere that will give me like $2 in quarters, um, I just go on Target's website and uh, have them pick out a couple like shirts that I know fit me and then have them like deliver it to my house and I, I added a couple more things with like food that I forgot to buy but yeah that's what I did this weekend that was pretty much it like other than that I've just kind of you know done nothing um sat around watched things on YouTube and stuff on social media whatnot the breweries played like a lot <laughs> Like, Bruce is the baseball team here. Um, they played, like, twice. I couldn't, I like, I could not keep up because they had a doubleheader. So, on, like, Saturday, they played two games, and then yesterday they played another game, and today, I'm like, why are they always playing? <laughs> like, I feel like every time I go on Twitter, I see that they're, like, playing a game or a game just finished, and literally a game just finished that they won again. Like, granted, most of the, basically all of the, all of those games I just listed, they all won, so that's good, but still, I'm like, goddamn, can you just calm down? <laughs> um, yeah. What was I gonna say? Uh, I wanted to mention that, because I know I mentioned on here, whenever that was, I don't remember when, that, um, I was changing my positions at work to, from doing the call center job that, I had to do for like a million years um, to the job that I'm doing now. And the job that I'm doing now is much like a million times better. Uh, they were, the only thing that was good about both is that both of them were like remote. So they were both work, like permanent work from home jobs. But the call center job was like, oh my God, it was like, I knew it was awful when I was doing it, but especially now that I'm not doing it anymore, I'm like, oh my god, this is so much better. Because <laughs> uh, um, at, like, the call center job, it was just, there was so much pressure on hitting however many calls they wanted you to do a day. Like, if people were behind for a day because of whatever, um, like, the managers would be really, the manager would be, like, really aggressive about it. And, like, every morning we had to have, like, a team meeting for, like, a half hour or so to go over more things. And it just always seemed, like, never-ending. Like, we were always just, they were always just adding more and more things to do. And there was always something that people were doing wrong. 
And, uh, yeah, it was just... And the other thing that was hard with that job is that because there's such pressure on completing the however many phone calls that they wanted you to reach by the end of the day, like, it was hard to just be able to do the things that you do at a job that's, like, because you're a person. And by that, I mean, like, be able to go to the bathroom or um, make myself food. Like, one of the really nice things about working from home is that, like, I just buy food that I know I like, like, and I know that sounds weird, but let me explain. Um, part of the thing when I used to have to leave the house and go to work was that there's, there's a lot of steps that are inherently involved in, like, planning for lunches, and I think people who listen to this, um, who have complex PTSD or gone through trauma or, or even neuro just neurodivergent in any way understand what I mean, but yeah, like, like it just, in order to like plan for a lunch, I would have to first off I would have to own a lunchbox, uh, one of those that like keeps things cool, which I do not. <laughs> so first off, I would have to own a lunchbox like that, and then I would have to when I would buy food offline I would have to plan what food I would I was going to get based on like what I would bring to work and things that I would actually eat uh which is always a bit of a whole thing like sometimes I'll like buy stuff but I won't want to eat it in public like I have a really hard time eating in public um some of that is like because of being uh fat and that people, like, when they see, like, fat people, like, buying food or eating, there's always this weird thing where people will just kind of stare at you while you do it. It's, it's uncomfortable. Um, and then there's just the other thing that I'm, like, uh, what is the word? I don't know what word I'm looking for, but it's, like, I'm, like, self-conscious. That's what I'm looking for. I'm self-conscious sometimes of the food that I choose to eat because... Um, it's more, like, kid-like food a lot of the time. Like, people that I worked with at the last attorney's office I worked for used to say that I eat like a child because I would eat, like, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or I'd bring, like, Easy Macs of mac and cheese and stuff to eat and things like that. Um, I used to bring Uncrustables. There's, a, like, a lot of things that I like to eat. Like, I have Sunny Delight in my fridge right now, and that's, like, the juice that I usually drink, um, it is one of the few that doesn't have any weird, like, pulpy things inside of it that I like, so it's, like, a lot of things that people probably think are, like, meant for children are things that I like to eat, and I let myself eat them because I actually enjoy them, but there's a whole thing of, like, uh, bringing that kind of stuff in, like, a work setting that your coworkers would see, but even if, um, I let that go because I want to eat when I'm at work. Sometimes, sometimes when I'm at work, I just get like, when I would actually leave to go to work, I would get anxious about eating in front of people. And even though I would bring food that I would want to eat, I would like not eat like, like if I brought like, if I actually took the effort 
to like make a sandwich beforehand remember to do that and like and like bought sandwich bags which is another step that I would have to do besides owning a lunchbox neither I don't own sandwich bags or a lunchbox anymore but if I did like if I remember to do that and then remember to like make a sandwich the night before and put it in my lunchbox um I usually would bring like other things for like snacks like get like those little bags of chips or like crackers or something like that and so a lot of times when I would remember to bag to like pack a lunch and bring it to work I wouldn't eat the sandwich and I would just eat like everything else on the lunch like the snacks and like chocolate or candy or whatever that I brought and for whatever reason I just couldn't eat the sandwich even though I like the kind of sandwich that I brought I just wouldn't be able to do it I don't I'm not going to pretend like I understand, but yeah, like, I'm really glad that I don't have that process anymore, but, um, one thing that's really nice about working from home, like I was saying, is that whenever I'm hungry, I can just eat whatever I want, like, I don't need to, I don't need to buy food specifically just for me to eat when I'm at work, and so I just buy things that I know that I'll like, that, I'll, that I know that I'll eat, and I can eat them at any point in the day that I want to. Like, usually sometime in the first couple hours of my shift, I'll, like, make something that could resemble breakfast. Some days I have, like, cold pizza for breakfast, but it's just, like, whatever I want to eat. But, like, the thing with, like, when I did the, the call center job was that when I did that, I would, I knew that because they were so, um, harsh about how many calls we were supposed to do, and they would, like, get on you if you took a couple minutes in between calls, so I was like, I know I'm not gonna be able to get up and, like, make this and sit back down and start working again without them, like, getting annoyed and asking me what I'm doing, and, like, they would, and they would do that with, I would feel like that when I would, like, need to go to the bathroom or whatever, too, um, or even, like, the times when like my cats would like randomly puke up a hairball and I would have to go clean it up so I would like click to like to for like the, the computer program we use to like take the next call and then like you know go start making myself food or like go to the bathroom or clean up whatever for my cats and then by the time I got back to my computer like the person would have hung up on me but that was like the only way I knew how to do that without them asking me all these questions because it was like god damn like there was a couple times they did when I would be when the call would end and then I would be like sitting there for a bit and they'd be like what are you doing I'd be like I was going to the bathroom leave me alone (laughs) like Jesus Christ um so now in contrast the job that I'm doing now they don't do any of that they don't care like it's amazing like the call center job was super specific it was like you have to go like go on break at 10, go on lunch at noon, and then your last break of the day has to be at 2.30, but now this, um, but now with this job, they're like, yeah, you have two breaks and a lunch, but you can go on those breaks and that lunch whenever the fuck you want, like, they obviously didn't say fuck, but, like, literally, you can go on them whenever you want, they don't bother you at all, you just type in when you're on lunch, I just, like, type into the chat that I'm on lunch or that I'm on break sometimes like half the time I do that just so I can see what time I left to make sure that I 
like start working again on time but they don't bother you at all like I pretty much go around the same times I did when I did the call center job because I did that job for so long that I've gotten to like the pattern and the habit of just going around those times but uh I do wait I do go on my last break now usually more around three because I always have liked to go on my last break like within the last two hours or hour and a half or so of my shift because it just it the last like hour or so of work always goes by super slow but if I go on break like somewhat close to that last hour it just makes it go by faster and it's just an easier work day for me um yeah so it's crazy to to for me to compare those two jobs because one of them like the call center job they're like on your ass every second of every day and this other one they leave you to do whatever the hell you want like I I listen I can sit there and listen to true crime podcasts the entire day and nobody cares they never say anything like there was one day this past week last oh on Tuesday they were like the management was like we are disappointed in your work productivity because um people because as like a a group people just weren't we didn't do that much on Monday um I know that me and the other person that started are like still somewhat new so I think we get a pass from like like the from that a bit but either way they were basically like you know we're disappointed you guys didn't do that much yesterday blah 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 and so then but then like the the next day they saw that our numbers were back to normal and they were like hey thanks everybody for doing really good work yesterday da 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 and it was just like that one day like I've been I've been doing that job for like two or three weeks and that was the first time they ever said that and the next day they were like everything's cool um as opposed to the other one where they're like that every single day like even like the the job that I was doing that they kicked me out of like the um auditing job um, it, it wasn't even that, like, lax before I left because they had, like, the, like, the manager there had, like, this whole, like, point system that they were doing with attendance and stuff, and if you hit a certain amount of points, they would, like, suspend you or fire you at some point, and it was this whole thing, but, like, the point system was, like, was, like, difficult, like, they, they would mark off points against you if you were sick and, and, like, couldn't come to work or, like, you were sick and had to leave work early. Like, there was one day when I got, remember this, I was remembering this yesterday, but, like, there was one day when I got a migraine when I was at work there, and when I worked for the auditing department, our, like, office or whatever was in the basement of the um, hospital. So, it was, like, like, the quote-unquote basement level of the hospital that, like, patients or visitors would go to where, like, the labs and stuff was, our, our, like, area was in the actual basement of the hospital, like, another level down from the lab, so there was no bathroom down there, like, so in order to get to the bathroom, you would have to walk, like, go up, like, the 20-some stairs and get to the bathroom that was in, like, the actual, like, first level or, like, basement level in the hospital where, like, the labs and things are, um, so there was one day when I had a migraine, and it, and it got, like, really bad, like, I don't get those as often anymore, but every once in a while, I still do, and usually I'll feel, like, super nauseous, but I won't actually puke, but that time, I actually puked, and I realized that I was actually going to puke, and, um, 
went out into the hallway and just puked in the hallway <laughs> because I knew there was no way I was gonna like be able to get up like 20 some stairs and into the and into like the lab and into the bathroom and into a stall before I puked um so that day I after I puked in the hall in the fucking hallway I left early and I got like points docked off of me because I left early and I remember asking them like I don't understand like why that is necessary like for to like dock people off for leaving early when it's not something you can control like I can't control when I got a migraine and I and I freaking puked in the hallway Ugh, yeah hashtag capitalism <laughs> But yeah, I was remembering all that stuff last night, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so glad that this position isn't like that at all. It's very hands-off. They just, like, leave you be. The only time they ever say anything to you is if, like, there's some issue or, or something or other, but there hasn't been anything like that um, so far, and I don't foresee that really happening too much in the future. Um, but yeah, that was... It was almost nice to remember how, like, weird the management that I dealt with the last two positions were. And be happy that it's... That I'm not in the that position now. Um, with this job, at least. Um, there was something else I was going to talk about. I can't remember. Um... Sorry, I know this is not entertaining to listen to. Whatever, I'll think about it later. Um, but, yeah, it's, so part of Memorial Day is the, like, people talking about military service and with PTSD. And one thing that I'm really glad about the last few years is that people are much more open about talking about how Memorial Day is fucked up because it's like a day that the U.S. made up to try to justify the all the wars they started that just hurt so many other countries and it hurt the people that are here too. Like, they fuck over veterans, like, really badly um, in a ways that really isn't necessary. Like, the only world war... The only war period that I think was really necessary was World War Two. World War One was like really stupid. It was literally just like this one guy was killed and everybody else had to get involved because of like treaties and um, alliances and it was like it was just like what the fuck. <laughs> but <laughs> World War Two was like the only one that I can think of where like the cause of what was happening was dire enough for them to for people to get involved but even with that war we took like four billion years before we did anything like people were just dying for years in europe and we were just like everything's fine we don't need to get involved and it wasn't until they actually bombed somewhere that was one of like until they bombed Pearl harbor that we actually got off off of our ass so like even though like, they didn't even know that the Holocaust was going on when it was happening. They, nobody found out about that, at least, at least that we know of, um, that we at least openly didn't know about that until after the war was over and they realized what Germany was doing or what Hitler was doing, but 
um, or how bad it got with what he was doing to Jewish people, but, like, but the reason why we got involved wasn't because this is wrong, what he's doing is wrong and bad, it was literally like, well, since you bombed our state, I guess we have to do something now, (laughs) um, so, like, even though that war was, like, I think it was kind of became a necessary thing because Hitler was so, uh, was doing things that were so awful, it, that's not the reason why we even got involved, um, so, I'm glad to see people talking about how, like, fucked up it is, and it, it's interesting, um, because the last few days, um, I've seen a bunch of people on TikTok talking about this, talking, well, not this, but, like, well, a little bit of this, but talking about how people from other countries, they talk about the U.S. and, like, make fun of us, but in a way, like, acting like, like, it's very clear when I see them do this, that it's just them, like, having, like, a common person to make fun of, that they like to say, we're all, you're all so stupid, you're so dumb, like, this stuff is horrible, how could you live there, but, 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 like, the things that they say to, like, make fun of people from the U.S. is, like, really unfair, because it's things that we can't change, like, we can't change the fact that we don't have universal health care, like, to make, to, like, when you get in an argument with someone from the U.S. because you don't understand how something works and you act like that you do and your comeback is bringing up, like, gun control and, like, school shootings and stuff, that makes you a horror, that's, that's just horrible, that's shitty to do, but this has been on on my mind lately because I've seen a bunch of videos of people on TikTok talking about this where people from, like, other countries are acting like they're better and more superior than we are, but it's like, no, it's very obvious when I see you doing that, that you're literally just focusing on us as, like, almost like a form of escapism, that it's easier to pick on us and, and act like we're dumb and stupid instead of looking at what's actually going on in your fucking countries and not acting like you're somehow above it. Like, this is, there's been so many people that, from, like, the UK, that I've run into on social media through just being parts of fandoms and stuff that have acted like they don't have racism in their country or that police brutality or like their police system is somehow fine and are this the only one that's fucked up like no 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 no. (laughs) like your country has better gun control so the police like at least in England I know that the police don't have guns with them unless it's like a super dangerous situation but like they're not that much they're not like that stuff still happens where you are you're just focused on us because part of what I like what I do like about Americans is that we're very open about the things that are wrong um like we weren't always but in the last, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years especially, people have been, we're very open about the things, like, we know that there's racism, and that is a big problem in our society, we know that there is, like, colonialism, imperialism, like, all the isms, like, we know that all of these things exist, we know that capitalism is, like, horrible, and it's leaving people with, like, with no money and people being poor and all of the 
super rich pe- there's like five or six super rich people that have all of the money and resources and their companies are the ones that are like ruining the environment but and but like we're but like people we're they keep us busy by having us argue with each other instead and like all these issues with racism just alone people from the u.s we all know that they this is a problem and we're very open and talking about it um we don't try to hide it we don't try to act like we're better than it or that we're fine like the only people who say stuff like that now are people who believe in like the propaganda which is basically just people who are um racist (laughs) it's basically just people who are white supremacists that believe that stuff still um but that's not the majority like especially after last year people aren't uh but even before last year especially after last summer this time last year like we had like four or five months in a row of the police like literally beating the shit out of people on camera (laughs) like they like they like shot like rubber bullets at the press they like arrested they arrested the press in front of everybody and like literally beat the crap out of people killed people threw people into jail and didn't even tell people where they were um and that and like lied over and over again they would make like public like press releases that would that the press was able to show that they were lying and then and it was like that for like five months in a row so after that even the people who weren't who like to believe that things weren't as bad as they are they know that they are and I'm saying all of this because I think because of the um the gravesite in Canada that they just found of residential schools like the United States also had residential schools but Canada has had that, has had this in their history, and it's horrific for a long time, and they've never, they've never dealt with it. They've never, people from Canada haven't really talked about it. They, people from Canada that I've run into on, like, social media, they tend to say, like, they tend to, like, play down, like, Canada's racist history, acting like Canada doesn't have it issues with racism or um or in the same way that we do with in our police force and our government system and that I know that's not true just from because I'm alive but also I know because of following true crime there's been so many true crime shows that have uh, talked about like the mid the murdered and missing indigenous women and how many of them go missing there and how nobody gives a crap when they go missing so nobody ever even tries to solve their cases and they don't get solved and they're always just missing and just no one cares um and I honestly hope that this latest residential school story gets people in Canada mad enough to mad enough to make them actually like force the government to like do something because like they should, they should be going to every residential school and using the same, they use, like, ground penetrating equipment that people, that, like, the police here use to look for, like, buried bodies, and that's how they found, like, the 215 children, like, little children that were buried at the school, like, there are some that were as young as three years old buried at that school, um, Ugh, I can't even, like, think about that. 
it's just beyond horrific um and it's just straight up racism like there you can't like those schools existed to try to take the indian out of them and then readopt them with like well-off white people to try to turn them white instead of letting them like what is so wrong with indigenous people being indigenous and holding on to their country like jesus fucking christ or not their country but like their heritage like jesus christ Ugh. um but i hope that it is something that makes them do that because like i i just feel like after last year um from the point when george floyd died last year to when he was to when Chauvin was found guilty, I feel like that whole process proved that if people get, like, outraged enough and put on, like, public pressure that we can force, like, government entities and things that are meant to oppress people to actually do something about it. Like, like the the same thing happened with, um, with Palestine when Israel was trying to kill all of Palestine really aggressively. The entire world had all of these protests and the U.S. um, stopped giving them some, um, some, like, weapons and things. And there's, like, ships that were, those gigantic ships, like the one that got stuck in in Egypt earlier, um, those gigantic, like, shipping ships, they're supposed to bring them supplies, was refusing to go to their country and give them any because they didn't want they didn't want to give them any when they're sitting there just like committing genocide um and like the u.s is never going to this goes into like the whole indigenous thing because palestine the palestinians are more indigenous people that are trying to be the people are trying to make disappear and like what Israel's doing is literally what the U.S. did to Native Americans and like when you it was really amazing watching that because the Israeli like um the Israeli army are the ones who train our police force so it was really interesting seeing the Israeli army use like the same exact tactics that the police used against us last year uh, like, t- like trying to like send like trying to bomb buildings where like the press were staying to try to stop the press from um, being able to have video about what they were doing. For one, <laughs> um, like the police at all the at all of the um, protests last year used to shoot rubber bullets at cameras and they were arresting reporters and things like that because they didn't want anyone to see what they were doing um too late but it's obvious where they learned that how to do that from but like the u.s is never going to openly say that what israel's doing is wrong because it's what we did to native americans and it's what we've done with other countries with our stupid ass imperialism but if we get like upset enough and the public outcry is so big we can force them to do things like that um and almost force them to keep them in check um so and that did work like israel had was forced to stop 
fucking bombing in Palestine. Like, obviously it's not done. Like, they're still trying to kill them all because that's all they ever fucking do. But it's at least somewhat more controlled now um, than it was before. Like, I don't want to see any... I'm so tired of seeing, like, children dying. Like, there were so many children. Like, some of them were infants in Palestine who were killed by the bombs that Israel was sending towards them. Like, there's no purpose of bombing innocent people like why are you killing children um and why are you acting like you killing children doesn't make you the villain um but all that is reminding me of what's going on in canada right now and i really hope that canada can do it because the comments people say about the u.s is like your country is not any better and this is like proof like at least here we're very open about how gross and sick and disgusting everything is but like in other countries like what I'm thinking of is like Canada and the UK France places like that um the other like colonizing countries they act like they're somehow not as bad or or they're somehow above it when they're just as horrible and sick and gross they just don't talk about it which is worse because at least here we're very open about everything that we've done um but yeah like the whole this whole thing with residential schools it reminds me of um and like this is making me want to find that podcast again but in 2017 there was this podcast that I just found like so I like true crime podcasts there was this one that was Canadian that I just randomly found called someone know something that's actually a really good podcast it's one the host of it like finds um unsolved murder cases in Canada they're generally from like really small towns and they're ones that don't get like any attention at all like I've never heard of any of the ones that he talked about and the guy who does it it's I like how he does it where he he just kind of has this recorder thing on all the time so like he puts in like him just talking really nonchalantly with everybody and um it's very much like it's not as like edgy or like super serious or whatever as as some like true crime or even like the investigative podcast can be um it feels a lot more personal because he chooses cases from areas from small towns of areas where he grew up which is why he like picks those ones I think in the first place and he's very like diligent like I feel like the cases that I I listened to him do cover like three of them I think and I'm sure that he'll keep going back and rechecking on the ones that he's working on until they find something um it's a really good show uh and I I always like ones that handle or try to talk about cases that people don't really know about that are still important like the first season of that show is about a five-year-old boy who disappeared and I'm by the end of the show it's pretty I'm like 98% sure by the end of that show that the little boy died I don't even think anyone necessarily killed him um there's like this pond that uh the day that that he disappeared he was they were like at like this lake and they were going to go fishing and um it was one of those things where his dad and like the family friend left him with like 
they like left for like two minutes to go get something and came back and he was just like gone and they've never seen him since but like these cadaver dogs always um mark on this like pond in the middle of this really like wooded area because it's in the middle of nowhere in Canada and the pond where it is is like super murky like when you go underwater and like dive down there it's impossible to even see anything so but like the dog like the cadaver dogs or whatever um like alerted on that pond back when he first disappeared like over 20 years ago and then alerted on it again when they were trying it again during the show and like during the show they've done it a couple times and they've always alerted on that pond so I'm just I'm like convinced about that one that that kid probably and like it was something like the family friend um took like the little took like the boy over by that pond earlier in the day before they were like getting ready to like leave when he disappeared um, so he, the family friend took him over by that pond earlier in the day to, like, keep him entertained or whatever when they were fishing. Um, so it makes sense that he would want to go back there. And, um, plus the dog's, like, you know, uh, sensing something there. Like, I'm sure that his body is in that pond, but because it's so, like, impossible to see anything down there that they just haven't been able to find his, like, his body like his bones or anything yet but like that is a really sad case like that's a five-year-old boy and that family deserves to know for sure whether or not he's dead and like just the whole idea that like they left for like three seconds and came back and he just was gone and no one even saw where he could have possibly even gone it's just awful um so anyway when I was listening to that show there was an ad for a show about the missing murdered indigenous women and I remember this was in like 2017 and the podcast was about one of the cases of a missing woman um who was indigenous woman she was young she was like 19 or 20 I think and within during the podcast they did an entire episode about residential schools because I forget how but I think it has to do with the fact that because of the residential schools and because uh, indigenous people obviously don't fucking trust the government in Canada or the police at all, that, like, the, like, the family didn't tell the police, like, there's, like, there's a whole thing of, like, the, um, like, the kind of, like, police or government system that our reservations have versus, like, the police for like outside of it like the example I would give is like um like if the like there's a reservation in Wisconsin so the reservation has its own government system its own like kind of police sort of force that can investigate things that are going on but it's like just for the reservation so at some point they have to turn the cases over to the police who live in this area like the county they live in or the closest city that they where the reservation is so that they can actually like put them through like the criminal justice system and hopefully like go to prison for anything that they've done wrong but like that means that the police have to actually give a singular fuck about anything that's going on with the reservation and with indigenous people which they don't 
So I'm pretty sure that that's like part. That's why the girl that the that that podcast was about. I'm really ups. I'm annoyed with myself that I can't remember her name. Um, but it was unsolved for a long time, and there was it was there was it was one of those where there was a couple different people who could have possibly done it, but there wasn't. There, w- there wasn't, like, a person that you thought for sure could have done it. There was a couple different options, but it was more this, like, angry, really angry-inducing thing that because she was indigenous and because the police just don't give a fuck about what happens to indigenous people, like, they didn't investigate what happened to her for a really long time. And then also at the same side, like, indigenous people don't trust the police so it's not like they're gonna like really come forward and tell them anything even if they even if they found out something about it because they like why would they ever trust the fucking police um and so like but that episode about she did the the podcast did an entire episode about residential schools in Canada and all the horrific things that happened there and that was the first time I heard about it and I was just like horrified um and that was when I learned about their history the history of it and so like that was in 2017 when I listened to that and it's something that's so at least since then especially in the last few years there's been a lot more about missing murdered and missing indigenous women in the public eye and it's like for years now as true crime has gotten more popular people have gotten much more aware of all of that so it's like Canada has had all this time to be like proactive in any sort of way about what's going on and even after this last thing where they found 215 graves of children that were buried at a like this was supposed to be a school that they went to it wasn't supposed to be a place that for people where they were fucking murdered by their teachers um there hasn't been like the like a real reaction like people from Canada are gonna have to like be up in arms like uh, like we were here last summer to get them to do anything about it and like they can um that is definitely possible but that's what they're gonna have to do in order to get like any sort of response um and it's just I always think it's interesting in like a sociological way almost to see countries other countries finally like having to deal with the issues that are inherent in theirs because maybe once they do they'll like stop acting like they're superior to here like because I always just go back to the same thing like the U.S. we all know that our country is really fucked up and we know that it's not right but we don't try to sugarcoat it at this we do the opposite we like try to expose all of it on purpose we're basically the people that are like look at this horrible festering wound and how awful and painful it is and how far back it all goes and how much it affects about our society let's learn about all this stuff so that we can make sure that this never happens again while other countries are like wow look at that wound in the united states isn't that terrible let's not think about anything that's happening here like like there is somebody who was raped and murdered by a police officer in england for fuck's sake and like when they started doing like um candlelight vigils for her the police showed up to like and, like, did the kind of stuff they did here during vigils here where they would show up in, like, riot gear and, um, arrest people for doing nothing. Um, 
Yeah. So it's just, it's interesting dynamic to see that. And I'm, but I am really glad that some of that stuff is at least being discussed outside of our country. Because it's, it's one of those things like, yes, I know that this country is shit. I still wish that I could, there's always this part of me that always wants to leave just because this is the only country that I've, because there's so many things that's just so awful about living here and it just gets so fucking tiring like the job that I was just talking about that I enjoy more I only made I've worked at this job for like two years now a little over two years and as of like two months ago I finally made $15 an hour like I started doing this job at $14.50 an hour like the fact that it's taken me two years to make 50 cents more is fucking ridiculous and it's also ridiculous that I only make $15 an hour at the job that like I am 36 like I dropped out of college when I was um when I was 21 basically like 20 right before I turned 21 and the fact that I've been in the working world for 15 years and I've only been able to get up to $15 an hour during that time is ridiculous like there were times where I made more than that like the last the two attorney's offices that I worked for I made more than that but it's just like it shouldn't be this hard like like the fact that I'm I was like it just shouldn't be this hard so like there's always this side of me that wants to live somewhere else where there's universal health care because at least then the thing that's always scary here of course is that your job like your health insurance is dependent on your job so I always it's that just makes everything even more stressful um like that's the most stressful part about being unemployed honestly like unemployment isn't great but uh it's the idea of like but I'm finally going to therapy and doing good work like what I don't want this to suddenly stop or like what if something happens like last year again where I need to have surgery if I have no insurance those bills are going to be like absolutely bonkers um and so it's nice to think of a country where I could live where I could not have to worry about that as much and then also have more vacation time like it gets really frustrating that I only get two weeks of vacation time a year and I know other countries have much more than that. Like, so it's, it's, it's one of those things, like, living here is so frustrating and so, like, depressing a lot of the time because the, like, four billionaires that run this entire world have all of the, all of the money, all of the resources, and, and they could easily share some of them with us if they wanted to, but they don't. Um, so that stuff gets really frustrating where sometimes I just want to go somewhere else but at the same time like the sort of stuff like with what's happening with Canada and like what happened in England earlier this year it's almost like a nice reminder that other countries are just as fucked up as we are but they just like it's easier to focus on us because for whatever reason we're like the focus of the world like I don't know why but we just are um yeah I don't know like 
Now I'm just thinking about how I only make $15 an hour again. <laughs> that's just frustrating. That's like the epitome of frustration for me. Because like. Like. I have so much anxiety about spending money. Um, like I've been. Uh, ever since I got like the. Um. Uh, I can't think of the word. The money that we got from the government at the end of last year and beginning of this year. The stimulus, sorry. The stimulus. Ever since we got those, I've had a little bit extra money in my account. But, and I still have some a couple hundred dollars extra than I normally would. But it's just... It's so frustrating to... Like, it's just... Like, I haven't had a car for over... For almost a year at this point it will be like the end of July was when I uh had to give up my car and it was done for good um but like I haven't had my car for that long and I have no idea when I could ever afford to get another one because there's no way that I could afford the auto insurance and um the registration plus like whatever the car loan would be to pay every month like, that's really expensive. I wouldn't be able to afford that along with everything else that I have to pay. So I just don't have a car. And I miss a lot of what I used to be able to do when I did have a car. Um, and I know that there's no way I'm going to be able to get one anytime soon. So it's uh, it's harder. It's a lot harder for me to justify leaving the house when there's so many like barriers in, ahead of me that stops me from being able to go anywhere or do anything like I already don't want to leave the house so it's just easier when it's not easy for me to and it costs money that I don't want to spend but like what I was thinking of was like buying the shirts that I did from Target last weekend and this weekend like those were things that I need like I need it's just clothes like they're just like comfy like shirts that I can wear because all I do is wear my pajamas I don't go anywhere or do anything so I don't have to go to work and wear, like, work clothes anymore, so there's no reason why I can't wear those, like, buy a bunch of comfy t-shirts with pajama pants to, like, wear when I'm home all the time, but I always get, like, all of this anxiety before actually buying them because even though, like, the shirts that I bought today, one was, like, $5 and one was, like, $8, that's not that much money at all. But every time I buy anything that isn't, like, something I absolutely need, I always just think, like, what if I need this money later? And, like, what if something happens? And I really need this money later. And, like, I'm tired of feeling like that. Like, <laughs> it's been like that my whole life, I feel like. But especially, like, my entire adult life, like, the last 15 years that I've been living as an adult in the workforce. It's just, like, so frustrating that, like, ever since I graduated from like, my community college, whenever that was, I don't remember how old I was when that happened, um, let me think, I was probably, like, 28, I think, when that happened, and, um, 27, I think, or 28, whenever that was, I'm 36 now, and it's been, like, forever, and I, I can never pay my student loans, like, it's just been, like, a constant of my adult life, that like I consistently can never pay my student loans, because they're always way more than I can ever afford, um, and it's just, like, I, I, like, when I was growing up, I always thought that at one point I would get a job, what I call, like, a real person, like, an, or, like, a real job, 
that has like nice benefits and money that I could like live on and now that I'm but you know then every the economy crashed twice after that so that made that basically impossible but it's just so exhausting how that's never possible like I just want to be able this is like where I get frustrated with living here because I just want to be able to just exist in the world and be able to like work and not be terrified that that if something happens like surgery again that I would be fucked and not have any money like I just want to be able to like work and like go to like whatever doctor's appointments I need to go to like go to therapy and things like that without also being scared of like what if I can't afford this or what if something happened what if my job like lays me off again and and then I don't have insurance and I can't do this anymore like last summer at this time pretty much around like mid like June was when my back the tumor in my back started like bleeding and stuff and I didn't I wasn't able to see a doctor for like two and a half months because this time last year I was furloughed and so therefore didn't have health insurance that I could use um it's just like it shouldn't be that hard like my fucking back was bleeding I shouldn't like there's levels of fear when it comes to doctors that I have because of growing up being abused so there's always a bit of that fear but a lot of that fear last year was just like I don't think I can afford to go to a doctor and do all of this stuff and then it was at the point where it's like well I don't have a choice because I have to do this but it's just it's I just want to be able to live my life and like pay like the basic bills that I need in order to survive (laughs) like it's always like that's the struggle with like the like I haven't talked about painting lately but this is I honestly think that this is the like focal point of that struggle is that it's hard for me to justify going to paint like the going to Michael's and things like that and spending money on paint and easels and things, not easels, but paint and, like, canvases and such, to do, like, a hobby that does bring me a lot of joy, like, I really enjoy doing that, and it makes me feel really nice when I make something, and I actually like what it looks like and things like that, but it feels like whenever I do it, like, I always hesitate buying more stuff, even though it makes me feel really nice, because I'm like, what if something happens and I need this money for something else? Like, I ran, I've run out of, um, canvases and paint, and I want to get certain colors to try a cool, like, technique that I saw somebody do on YouTube yesterday that I really liked, but I'm not buying any because I'm like, like, I don't, like, rent is about to be due, um, and I get paid like this Thursday so maybe after Thursday I can try to get some stuff like for sale or whatever but it's just like the struggle with like having a hobby like that is like any hobby where you have to spend money doing it there's always a struggle of um if I don't make money doing this hobby is it really worth it to spend money on it when I know that I'm likely going to need that money for something else later down the line that's more important 
Like, I feel like we're almost, like, not allowed to do things just because we love to do them. Like, so, I, so much of the anxiety and stuff that I have with making art and, like, painting and stuff, I feel like would just go away if I made enough money at my job where I had, like, I knew that I would have enough every month to pay all of my bills and have a little bit extra left over. Because that's, oh, that's, like, the biggest barrier for me is just, I don't know if, I feel like I, I'm not allowed to do things just for fun that I also can't make money on because money is always such a worry. <sighs> that was a big word vomit. Hopefully that made sense to someone else but me.